Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlows, and I'm Karen. I'm Kelly Sarlow. Welcome. Good morning, hon. Hi. Thank you for my coffee. You're welcome. Um, I'm excited about today's topic. I uh, that's sh- I shouldn't have sound so surprised because <laughs> uh, I do like all of our topics, but I really like talking about the ego, and uh, I think that's what we're going to sit down and talk about today. Mm-hmm. And um, you taught me something. Actually, I think my uncle taught me something a while back. Um, he's a counselor here in the city, and he was telling us a story about dealing with one of his clients who has um, tremendous, tremendous amounts of anxiety. And I remember him explaining uh, one of his treatment methods, and that was to name the child's anxiety and create uh, this idea of anxiety being something other than the self, that Mm. it wasn't who she was, Mm -hmm. but that it was something she experienced, almost like a friend walking into the room where you experience them, but they are separate from yourself. Um, And I thought that was really, really cool. And I remember years later when you started going into your practice, um, that you started talking about naming your ego um, the same way that he had labeled <coughs> this this little girl's anxiety. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. Um, I named my ego Abby. Um, is that... Yeah, mine's Annie. Going? Annie? Mm-hmm. We've got Annie and Abby with us today for coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I did it so that I could identify... And I'll say give perspective or give a little bit of distance and space um, and time to give myself time uh, to be able to recognize that there was um, an aspect of myself that I needed to be able to identify in a healthy way, um, allow myself to feel feelings about that part of myself and be able to... um, us I have a conversation with and have control over mm-hmm. instead of my ego having control over me. Mm-hmm. So if Karen could be my spirit and Abby could be my ego, and I'm sure, you know, maybe many therapists are listening to this and thinking this isn't new. This is, you know, just two people having coffee talking about it, you know, uh, and putting it out there. Right. Um, but that maybe it goes a little bit further in that I consider Karen to be my soul mm-hmm. and that she has integrity, that she's the one that holds me ac- accountable for things and that my ego Abby can have a little dance with that sometimes or, or, and bring me outside of that experience of the integrity and the intention that I want to be in alignment with in this life. Mm-hmm. So my actual ego is something that presents challenges Mm -hmm. and that both Karen and Abby in that relationship have tools. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Kind of launch in Mm because I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm kind of going into my, uh, I guess I'll call it my coaching brain. And in, in the coaching portion of things, um, I name the people pleaser one, one name Mm -hmm. and the bully another. Okay. So I'm just curious, is Abby kind of all encompassing just Mm -hmm. as an ego for you? Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Like Abby can be the people pleaser Mm -hmm. part of me and I have to tell her calm down um, because the people pleaser wants to gear up pretty fast for me. Whereas maybe in other people, the bully gears up fast. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, that's not my go-to and that's conditioning. Mm -hmm. That's That's life. That's the school system that I particularly experienced 
not everybody else experiences it in the same way. But my teacher, right back to my, remember my kindergarten report card? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was four years old, um, the comments on the report card were things like, um, we sit all problem children at Karen Ann's table. She calms everybody in the room down. Like, just like all of those kinds of comments that gear you towards being the people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And that this is how you're going to be considered a good student or get through the system. But I mean, it comes into some religion and, and I'll say society. And you know, we talk about all of the different groups, family, like all of the different groups in society, friendships, partnerships, mm-hmm. marriages, stuff like that, where I saw my role almost like taking a, a paintbrush of, you know, red and taking the people pleasing and dabbing Abby into my marriage, my friendships, my um, schools, my education, my jobs. Like I had for being the good girl. Yes, the yeah. good girl, the red paint, painting it's herself into all these parts of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'll say my life, Karen's life, <laughs> Karen, yeah. uh, meaning my soul's experience here. So she she took her paintbrush and put it everywhere. And there, I mean. I understand the whys, as I said, all the, there's different reasons why mm-hmm. the, the, the search for love or acceptance or that you don't want to be hurt or you don't want to be left alone or you don't want to be financially destitute. Like there's, that's a good list. Um, but that in order to be able to come outside of all of that and to grow, to actually mature, to actually develop means that I have to be able to have different tools. So naming, naming those that whole umbrella, as you call it, mm-hmm. one word, Abby, was good because even though you could name it all different, you know, like your bully a different name and all mm-hmm. that, that's awesome because uh, it helps ide- with identification. Yeah. For me, one name for all of it was good, just meaning that I could see that Abby had lots of patterns mm-hmm. and that she had lots of fears and that patterns originate in a fear. Hmm. This is really cool. Can I can yeah. I go? Yeah. Um, so when I'm sitting down one-on-one coaching people and we're talking about that ego, um, it typically has to do because the self-talk has been so so terrible that we're beating ourselves up. And um, the, the majority so far of my clients are, are women. And there's a tremendous amount of people pleasing outwardly, but they bully themselves inwardly, Right. And so I've, I've tried to um, ask them to take the two aspects of themselves, which is the people pleaser and the bully, and give separate names to them so that they can be able to still separate them in their own mind to see how the patterns are actually working. And I'm not saying one version is right or wrong. I think it's just to kind of um, more obviously illustrate some things. And I've done some talks in uh, the high schools as well. Um, to to younger students who are going through the same thing because I think it's just a human pattern to to talk to ourselves this way. But I've always told them that when you pick a name, which I think is really important, um, to not use a name of someone that you already know in your life. The point uh, for me in, in those teachings is not to hate aspects of ourselves. It's simply to be able to observe them. And I think a lot of people want to automatically give a name of someone maybe who bullied them in, in school or at the workplace or someone they just inherently don't like. Um, but I think that adds fuel to the fire um, to, to already hate a part of our own selves that much more. And so I always say, you know, pick someone from a TV show. 
pick someone that there's not a huge emotional attachment to in your own life that doesn't create or bring up past pain so that you're bringing more pain into a current situation than necessary. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I just, and it, it's really neat to watch them be able to separate those two. Uh, and then also to see them struggle with it and not to say that I, I get joy from that, but they'll say, well, I don't understand because I'm people pleasing people like aside from myself, but I'm beating myself up. And it's neat to watch that the bully inside of their own head triggers their people pleaser to act Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're that intricately related that they're not sure if it's annie or the bully talking Mm -hmm. um but there's a process in being able to observe yourself to get to the point of understanding who's triggering what Mm -hmm. uh, which i think is really neat Mm -hmm. and uh you had been talking about self-talk being able to converse with um Abby, sorry, I temporarily lost her name, uh, but being able to converse with her, and I think that's really, really neat. Um, I always talk about benching them. Uh, I love volleyball. It's something that I've always kind of understood and related back to life a lot. And when I hear my, my bullies, Vicky, uh, for no apparent reason, but um, if Vicky or Annie are kind of taking over in my own head and I can't get back to my true self, so Kelly, um, I just I have that inner dialogue where it's like, you know what, you two are benched. <laughs> you don't get to play today. You need to change your attitude uh, and be part of this team because right now it's this isn't working for any of us. And it's just, it's a visual, right? It gives you a visual to sort of get yourself back on track uh, and start listening to, I'll say, the voice in your head that's um, a little bit more sound uh, and healthy. I like this because a lot of people pleasers don't believe that there's any bullying going on. They just would say that they just want people to be happy. Mm-hmm. They don't believe that there's a, an aspect of themselves that is unkind to themselves. They think, uh, and sometimes when we meet really great people, we call them great people. They're wonderful. They'll do anything for anybody. They give the shirt off their back. We don't know that underneath that, that they've been bullying themselves, Mm -hmm. that they may be struggling with people pleasing and that, um, it's not always authentic to always give in to everybody else. Mm -hmm. It can never be. And I think that goes back to when you were talking about these patterns are triggered by fear, right? So people sometimes can't identify the bully if they're a people pleaser and they want everyone to be happy. And I, and I say, you know, don't you have that inner dialogue of if you don't do this, no one will like you. People will think you're a scaredy cat or people will think that you're not good enough or cool enough, right? That that fear that, that Vicky triggers in you, she then makes Annie or Abby act. Absolutely. And I see that a lot in marriages, um, in partnerships, um, where the person that's people-pleasing can be both in the marriage too. Both mm-hmm. people can do it at the same time. The, the the big fear is that there's no foundation for the marriage. Mm-hmm. The big fear is that if I really have to look at this, I might be looking at a change. And I say change as opposed to D, the divorce word, because it's not always a divorce that has to happen when we identify the, the ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but that some people automatically assume that it is. Um, they don't understand that there can be different tools in that mm-hmm. that don't have to always cause pain. But one thing that I really love about being able to identify Abby, one of the things, is that when when I when I am able to recognize that she's got a presence, me, my deep my deepest part calms down. Mm-hmm. 
I have an automatic trigger switch go off that as soon as I identify in that moment that she's present, my own soul just kind of just has its first breath. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, I remember like thinking about, oh, I've got to learn to do yoga and breathe. I've got to take meditation and breathe. And I've got to learn mindfulness. I better get my ass into a course and learn how to be mindful. And I'm not picking on any of those things. You know, I love yoga. You know, like there's, Mm -hmm. there are different, all these things offer different wonderful things for us. However, we're going to try to find a breath when we never really, we get into a pose or a posture, but we never really um, discover deeply why we are holding our breath. Mm-hmm. So we can go to a mindfulness class for 50 years and never have a moment of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Or go to yoga and stretch and, and strengthen, but never really find peace. Mm-hmm. And then people say, well, I go to yoga, I sure shit hate it. Because it hurts. <laughs> Because, yeah, it does hurt. You're stretching those muscles. But the whole breathing part and Abby is that she gave me my breath back. Mm-hmm. She she just being able and I'll say Karen gave me my breath back right. because I was able to to find a way, a tool to identify that there is a, there was Abby present in my life. So as soon as I could acknowledge that she existed, first of all, how beautiful to acknowledge yourself existence yeah so twofold right there eh? Mm-hmm. that you're allowed to, and you, that you give yourself permission to acknowledge who you are mm-hmm. so somebody's saying you know i'm really struggling i don't know who i am i'm really lost you could begin with something like this as a slow process mm-hmm. kelly this is going to be like somebody might think wow totally off topic but i want to throw this probably me that'll think that yeah <laughs> it's true um part of this came at, like one of the reasons that it was like one of the first things on my mind today to talk about Abby. I know you and I went through the book as well, too, of different topics, but um, was a client who had passed over a person who had died mm-hmm. um, and a male who had said that he wanted to apologize to his wife, that they had been married. Oh, God, I think it was like 50 years or 52 years. And that he was coming through to apologize. And she said, oh, what for? We had the best marriage in the world. And he just did everything for me. He was just, he did anything for his kids and for the neighbors. And he was just the nicest person. And his response was, stop talking. (laughs) And I, so I said to her, he's asking you to stop talking. Mm -hmm. And not rudely, he just asked her to stop talking. And she just stopped. She looked at me. And she was already defending him mm-hmm. and I and explaining his life and to me while I'm talking to him. I thought that was all kinds of funny right there. But anyway, so his spirit said, no, I need to apologize to my wife. Um, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy in my marriage. I people pleased for 52 years. Yeah. I died as as the guy that everybody came to his funeral and as that wonderful person. But when I crossed over and realized that I had never told her the truth, Mm -hmm. I never allowed her to grow. I never allowed her to face anything about herself. I just people pleased her to death. So he went through the whole process of to death in his people pleasing, recognizing that he never, never challenged his kids. He never gave his wife or his children tools to be able to um, get through some challenging relationships where maybe other people um, didn't always people please them. So 
she would, in particular, I'm going back to the wife because this was the story that kind of came through for me, was he was apologizing to her because she didn't know how to cope. Yeah. She was so used to getting her way all the time that she was looking for another man who would treat her the same as him. She couldn't find a man with more emotional intelligence because she had no tools. So the people pleasing prevented growth. Mm -hmm. It prevented accepting challenges and developing tools in healthy ways. Well, it prevents reality. Absolutely. So here we go. He apologized for colluding her realities Mm -hmm. for collusion. And she was like, what's collusion? Said it's exactly what he did. He put you in a little bubble, held you in there nice and tight, and made sure that nobody ruffled your feathers. Made sure that if anybody did piss you off or challenge you, that he'd fix it. Mm-hmm. And that he would make sure that you were happy. That's how That was his payoff to be a good boy so you'd love him. He, he went through life at all costs avoiding being bullied by anybody. And as a result, spent his entire life being bullied. By himself by himself Mm -hmm. and quite honestly by everybody around him because without realizing it she bullied him Mm -hmm. she would never admit it because it always looked beautiful it always was calm and nice honey could you pick the little grandchild up after work he would never say no Mm -hmm. even and so she could do it and get away with it even if she knew he didn't want to Mm -hmm. all she had to do was ask nicely but under that asking nicely was the bullying and the people pleasing and no other tools for emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So his spirit came through to say, I never got this on earth. I died. I never, ever got it. I never was introduced to Abby. Mm -hmm. But I got it when I crossed over. And so the apology that comes through is basically to say, our children don't have the tools, and they have married people who will do the same thing their dad did for them. Mm They are married, they and they bully their spouses. So he sat there and said, I am apologizing because I didn't step up and mature. Mm-hmm. And now I have created a legacy of patterns in my children and in you of being able to bully people in spite of the fact that it looks like you're a bunch of wonderful people. Mm-hmm. So he called, he called her out on it, but he also stepped up to the plate and said, what he did and that he was sorry yeah and that to me was a big huge awakening for me to be able to go wow I, I need to make sure that I'm doing my work and that I'm identifying um, those aspects of myself where Abby has a voice mm-hmm. as the bully and as the people pleaser as ego mm-hmm. That was a coffee drink break. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) So where do you want to go from here? Um, Could go into a million places, especially speaking with people who've crossed over um, about recognizing ego and how often as a medium we channel uh, apologies Mm -hmm. uh, for a lack of emotional maturity, Mm -hmm. for a lack of work for a lack of uh, my 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 wife knew all of this or whatever and I would not seek help. I yeah. wouldn't read a book. I wouldn't go to therapy. I, I think, wouldn't Oh sorry Kelly. No, it's okay. I, I interrupted. Well, I was going to say I wouldn't see Karen or Kelly. I mean, you and I have said this in podcasts before how many people come to see us and say um I can't tell my husband that I come here. 
uh, I can't tell blank, fill in the blank that I see you. Um, I just can't, they would, they just, they don't believe in this. And it's like, what don't they believe in? They don't know me and they don't know what I do. And do they even know I exist? No, but they just wouldn't. And it's like, well, then you're protecting them. Mm-hmm. So there's always that engagement in that relationship of collusion. So if my, I say husband, but I'm using this term loosely here. If my partner says they don't go to counseling, they don't believe in it. They won't read a book. They won't listen to a TED talk on TED.com or I'm just trying, you know, I'm just like trying to point, uh, listen to an audiobook. So sometimes I say, well, you don't have to read a book. You can listen to a book. Right. Oh, you're he, talking about tools. Yeah. Oh, but they refuse every tool. And I say, well, that's a form of control. That's their ego. That's their Abby mm-hmm. winning, winning, not just winning over their own life, but winning over other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So Abby is... I'll say victorious, if she, if she was victorious in my life at one time, it would have been that she, if she's winning over me, over Karen, my integrity, my soul, then she's winning in the relationship with my spouse, with my kids, with my friends, with my coworkers, my employees, so on and so on, because she's driving the bus. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, I've learned a lot from people who've crossed over about what drives your soul. Mm-hmm. So you've got your soul's experience. I'm calling that Karen because I'm hoping that's where I'm more, where I'm authentic and checking in, but you've got to do it diligently. And some people don't want to check in. They want collusion instead. Mm-hmm. I find the hardest ones to challenge or sorry, to channel is um, like you were saying before, the ones where they thought everything was perfect mm-hmm. because they got everything that they wanted. Mm-hmm. And to explain to a wife or a husband afterwards that it wasn't love. Yeah, that's very s- hard. And to have to say your husband was depressed or you're depressed. Yes. Uh, because neither one of you grew. Uh, I remember one of my first one of my first clients, her husband passed away very suddenly. And they didn't have children. They had each other. Uh, but he, again, you know, did everything for her. And he had to say that they were both in a depression. Yeah. And, you know, she was saying, no, it was great. We talked every day. We did everything together. We had plenty of sex, all of this. And it was like, yeah, but there was a rut. There was no growth. You did the same thing for, you know, 30 years together. Mm -hmm. No one ever challenged each other. No one ever, you know, wanted to go, you know, outside of any kind of box that you had built for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Except sometimes that they think getting outside the box is going on vacation. Or they think going, getting out. No, I know that's yeah. funny to no, you and fair. I. But I think like so many people think getting outside the box is I'm just going to go to the gym or I'll learn, I'll, I'll take up knitting or I'll go do card making or something. But, and those are all great fun things, but that's not, that's not growing with emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To actually help each other grow. Yeah. I, I, I remember like first starting connecting with people who'd crossed over and channeling for people as doing it as a living, being really brokenhearted and wondering how I was ever going to be able to get through a career of doing this. If I was going to constantly have to meet souls who'd crossed over that were just, just waking up, mm-hmm. that they were just waking up to different aspects of themselves with authentic, with authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many marriages or partners or jobs 
where people will stay in a job for 30 years, never seeing it as a marriage, Mm -hmm. never seeing it as if I'm a teacher, just use that as an example, because they're one of the professions where you actually have these benefits and pensions that like a marriage lock you in Mm -hmm. uh, or uh, to to stay. uh, I don't know if you want to call it enticing or what, I don't know what the terms are. Secure, safety, where they find things that will hold you in the relationship so that you feel, I'll say, safer, mm-hmm. but may not grow you. And how, Kel, yeah, a friend of ours, Karen, who's a principal, um, who says um, <clears throat> how hard it is to coach teachers. And she's been a principal for like, I think, 20, no, almost 30 years, that um, how hard it is to coach teachers because they get so complacent and they have that security of the pension and the benefits mm-hmm. <clears throat> to the point where they don't, not all of them. I'm not saying she'd ever say that about no, all of them. I she understand. might say it's about marginal. But how many of them don't want to work. They don't want to create any emotional intelligence about themselves. And now you have that person trying to mentor, teach, and be a guide for all of these thousands of students. Think of how many they touch, lives they touch, if you have 20 to 30 students a year over a career of 30 years. How many, or and if it rotates like through a high school, how many... How many they touch if they're never stepping past or even identifying their own ego? Mm-hmm. And a flat out refusal to. I think, you know, for anyone who's listening who's like, well, what's the point? We're talking about ego. What's the point of this? Um, is I would say to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that, that comes through in in coaching and in, in the energy sessions that, that we do. Um, is when you identify the pattern that your ego is setting. Mm-hmm. Whether it's to ident or whether it's to <clears throat> set out a pattern of complacency, um, a pattern of routine that you don't ever have to break outside of. There's there's no challenge. There's no there's no willingness to grow. The point is to rock the boat, to learn more, to challenge each other, to learn more, um, so that there can be more connection, so that there can be more engagement in your own life with others, but also with you know the activities that you choose to do. Uh, the the point is to get your tools so that you can. I'll say fully live, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and if you're not colluding a reality anymore, then the first thing you have to do is start using vision. You have to be able to see things from different perspectives mm-hmm. with integrity and with truth. So you have to be able to use some muscle. Um, you have to use your voice to be able to speak, to communicate. And you have to use your ears so that you have to hear differently. So there are three tools right there that are given to you as soon as you're born that you go through an entire life with, no matter even if you have some disabilities with all three of those things, and your brain, and your intuitiveness. So if you're using all the so I just named five tools, like in two minutes, that you get to open and awaken and live through with more meaning, um, as opposed to colluding someone's reality, including your own, if you never want to take the time to um, identify your own ego and different aspects of it, because that's, that's, uh, um, a big job I'll say. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's all bad. Some people might go, Oh my God, this sounds so dark and heavy. <laughs> it's not, it, it's so beautiful. and So, so, um, rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also understand on the other side of that is where the ego says, no, be afraid because what are you going to lose? 
you might lose the house, you could lose that hot tub, you might have to go to a court and like, I mean, there's a whole, you could lose that job. Yeah, you could have a better fucking job. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You could have a better marriage with that person or with a different person, or you could be happy single. Hello. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's so many other alternatives to that, but some people don't even want to consider any of them. No, and I think what it comes down to is is examining what your intention is in how you make choices, how you make your decisions, mm-hmm. right? So like you're saying, if I'm afraid of what I'm going to lose, then I'm making, I'm now aware that I'm making every decision out of a fear of loss Yep. versus making a decision to leap or a decision to grow, uh, which is ri- risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that there might be something better, that I might, cre- I might be able to create something better all on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, with another partner, with another boss, whatever. Or the same one, but whatever with more integrity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Examining intention. There's the show title. Mm. This is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and, and for me, uh, as, I, as I get to um, chat with Abby more and more, mm-hmm. I'm discovering more and more of myself. So yeah. this is a way of self-discovery without really having to... Um, well, I won't say without having to work hard because I, it becomes your new pattern to, to live consciously with that person, that part of yourself so that you're able to check in. So if a girlfriend says, do you want to go out for supper Friday night? And I don't, I don't like where she's at or there's, there's challenges. Maybe she just needs to be on her own for a while. Maybe you don't like the freaking restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Any, or maybe I just don't want to go out on Friday night because I'm going to have a busy week, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if I'm able to identify that Abby's getting in there and saying, Oh, you really should go out with her. You're avoiding. She won't invite you if you say no. Yeah, or she's going to confront you and ask you why you're not being a good friend and you're avoiding her. You don't want to be confronted. Then then if I recognize that Abby has that voice and I recognize all those fears, I actually then can sit down and go, okay, those are all the reasons why I don't want to do this. Maybe I can think and be authentic about it. And if I'm scared and I can't, I don't know how to get through this. Maybe I really do need to chat with Kelly or another friend or a therapist or read a book or find different tools as to why I feel so scared to be able just to say to a friend, you need space. Mm -hmm. You're a you're a shit show and I don't want to be around you right now or whatever. Um, I need a break being able to say, um, whatever it is that needs to be said. Well, I think it's where you're placing your power too, right? right? So when we're talking about examining intention, it's about knowing whether or not Abby's running the show mm-hmm. or Karen's running the show. Mm-hmm. So if Karen's running the show in that situation and I'm taking care of myself and being and using my voice and being a good listener, when that person asks me out for dinner, I might be able to hear other things like I need someone to talk to. So I might be able to say, well, you're... Are you- you're, you're meaning from your friend yeah Yeah. so I might be able to say if I don't want to go I might be able to say why do you need want to go for dinner I could ask better questions Mm -hmm. was there an intention in asking me for dinner Uh, yes I really want to go to the restaurant oh well I'm not into that I'm going to pass um oh okay great and they can ask someone else to go to that restaurant for dinner okay so you and I we've we've had that discussion before because I love sushi yeah and I've said can we go out for dinner tonight yeah let's go to sushi. And I know you're not my sushi person, right? right? Yep. So when you say, well, what's the intention of the dinner? Yeah. 
I want sushi. I'm craving. Yeah. You can say, I'm not your person. Yeah, I, I and do. It, and there's, there's an honest no. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that it's not personal. It's about specifically the food in this situation. Absolutely. So, and therefore all that messy entanglement of fears and, mm. and, um, what do you call that Kelly? But, um, trying to create drama around the situation, stories that aren't even real can just fall away because I'm just basically communicating with you saying, what would, what are your intentions? And you're saying, I want food. And I'm saying, that's not my type of food. Mm-hmm. Go and enjoy it with someone else. Mm-hmm. And I still get to enjoy your company and this relationship stays healthy. Yeah. And I think like another great example, which is probably where you were going next is you're asking someone else their intention so that you can understand your own. Right. Which is sometimes necessary, right? Yes. Like, there are certain situations where you can understand your own intention without having to know another's. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the example that you were giving about a friend asking you for dinner, if you said, you know, what do you need out of this dinner? And they say, I need someone to listen. I'm in a really bad place right now. Yeah. You get to sit back and go, am I in a place or a position to be able to yeah. hear it and have the energy for it? Yeah. Uh, and you can say, you know what? I've had my own rough day. I love you, but I'm not in a place to be able to listen right now. Mm-hmm. I'm so stressed with my own stuff. I can't provide what you need. Mm-hmm. And again, there's an honest no, a great communication of, you know, I want you to get what you need. I'm just not the person who can provide it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there can still be a beautiful friendship out of that as well. Mm-hmm. But not letting Abby run the show, bulldozing all of your own needs to just be there for another person when you really aren't. Mm-hmm. Maybe mentally, you're absent at the dinner. I love that because I there are so many instances for people where they're not authentic in it. And then they talk about that behind the person's back. Right. So they'll go for the dinner they'll go back home to their whoever they're living with. I don't know. I'm just saying that as an example. And someone will say, "Um, so how was dinner with um, Beth? (laughs) And then that person says, oh, she bitched. She blah, you know, all she ever does is talk about, yeah, all she ever does is talk about her husband. Every time we go for dinner, why does she just freaking leave him? Instead of, backing the bus up and yeah. knowing that that's going to be the conversation. Because Beth said, I need to talk. I right. need you to be a listener. Yeah. And being able to say back at that point, I'm not your person anymore. Mm-hmm. I have listened to you talk about your husband and your problems. I'm not judging them. I'm not saying you should do anything about it. I just can't anymore. I'd still like to do dinner with you. Are we When you're ready and you're able to have a dinner for another reason, for another intention. Mm-hmm. And if that person comes back and says, well, isn't that bitchy? Well, then they have no emotional intelligence and maybe the friendship already was over mm-hmm. and you two have been hanging by a thread. Yeah. So um, that's just moving that conversation in the way of that Abby gives that authenticity. But you know what she also does, if anybody's listening, she saves me time. Yeah, can I back she, it up though? Yeah, well, she gives me back my time. Yeah, I'm going to back up time oh, for just a second here. Okay. Because um, you're talking about Abby giving you that authenticity. And I, ju- I just maybe wanted oh, to right. word it differently yeah. is that Karen's awareness of Abby's presence is what gives you your authenticity. Because yeah. you can be aware of Abby and still let her run the show. True. Right? Like that, that's still another step in the process and how you make choices. That's wonderful. Yeah, I just, I didn't want there yeah. to, be, to be confusion. No, that's good. I like clarity. Um, okay. 
I don't know where else like we can go in a million places with it, but well, you know what? This is nice, short and sweet. Yeah. And I think there's probably going to be a lot of questions that come up for people from this show. So maybe do you want to end it? Sure. Here's a question that if anyone wants clarification on any aspect or if they're looking for more tools, we'll invite them to kind of stimulate more discussion about it. Um, they can toss us their own their own names that they've given to their ego and we can answer some questions in another podcast or video. Sure. That work? Yeah, it sounds okay. awesome. So we'll invite you to email us at info at com if you want to generate more discussion. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.